I'm excited to get into the Word of God with you this morning. I hope you're as excited as I am. If you want to just get ahead of uh, me a little bit, uh, turn your Bibles open to Matthew chapter 6. It's where we're going to be. Now, we're not doing a series. If you were with us last week, we talked about trusting God, and we asked the question, can God be trusted, right? And hopefully, I answer that, and of course, we, we kind of landed on the fact that, yes, God most certainly can be trusted, that he has a track record of faithfulness. So if he hasn't let people down throughout the Bible, he's certainly not going to let his people down now. And uh, today, we're going to be kind of going in a different direction, and the message of my sermon, or the, not the message, the title, excuse me, of my sermon is pursuits and priorities, seeking God culture. Let's pray. Father, I I trust you in these next 35 minutes, Lord, to make clear and to uh, stir some heart um, with deeper affections for Jesus, your son. Lord, under the teaching of this word, Lord, under the preaching of uh, of your scripture, Lord, I ask our hearts today that you would fill and encourage those who may need some encouragement and that you would help us all collectively become better stewards of our father we ask lord that you would make much of your son in these next moments we pray these things in his name amen just a little disclosure here i am known to be a bit dramatic okay like if you know me like, uh, I, I mean, the way I talk, the way I sing, the way I preach, everything is dramatic to the 10th degree, to the 10th power. My, my, my wife is the same way. My son is like me and my wife put together. He's like uber dramatic. And so um, we, we, we tend to get excited a lot. And in our excitement, we tend to yell. And I just want to say, if I, if I happen to go off the rails and yell at any point, trust me, I am not mad at you, okay? I just get a little excited. It's just like being at a ball game, all right, or, 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 or watching a football game. We, we get rowdy, right? And, and sometimes we treat the church like it's a place where we just don't get rowdy and loud and lift our voices. And I just want to say this, little disclosure. Uh, I, I am just being dramatic. I'm not mad in any way at the devil okay and so I think that's free game uh, so but I, I have a tendency of, of being a bit dramatic and and, and 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 you know this title that I've given this message seems it, it can come across a bit dramatic but I, I do have the conviction that our culture more and more day by day minute by minute is tipping and leaning more towards secularism kind of a godless society right I mean think about it you know, other than service like this, when do we get to hear outside of, of a context like this uh, the story of God, the story of Christ? We don't. It's reserved for the church, and um, we have done our best to push God as a culture out of every aspect of our lives. And we've been doing this for some time now. And so it, it may seem a bit kind of of course, not for this context, but certainly for our nation to say, you know, uh, or to talk about pursuing and, and prioritizing a relationship with God. That seems to be a bit dated, uh, of a dated concept. It certainly wasn't that way when I was growing up in the church. This I always hear about, but, you know, even in the church sometimes, uh, uh, you know, talking about prioritizing God or, or, or pursuing God can seem a bit foreign, can seem a bit out of the order because we are so indoctrinated as a people, even in the church, right, to um, pursue other things other than God. I mean, we're constantly hearing that we should pursue wealth. We're, we're constantly hearing how we should pursue happiness, comfort, a career, and education. And, and God has been placed at the back of the bus, really, if you think about it. 
And, and not that any of those things that I just listed are wrong. They certainly are. But if they're prioritized rightly, right? I mean, I'm sure we can all agree upon that, hopefully. That there's a set of way we as followers should prioritize uh, what is kind of at the top of the list and what rates down towards the bottom of the list, let's say. And um, sometimes, even in the church, we can kind of uh, fall prey to making God secondary when in, for, when, it, when in reality he should be first place. Uh, Jesus, fortunately for us, has a lot to say about the subject of priorities and pursuits. And we uh, used Matthew chapter 6 last week, and we're going to use a little bit more of it today to kind of zero in on what Jesus has to say on the topic. So if you're there in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25, I'm going to read. Here's Jesus, the words of ready says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? In which of you, by using me, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like ones of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is a lot oven, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith. Therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall I eat? What shall I drink? What shall I wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them all. And here's where I want to zero in on this morning. In verse 33, Jesus says, but seek first. Somebody say, seek first. Say it like a charismatic Christian. Seek first. All right. Get a cup of you awake. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. You know, if we're just to boil down what Jesus is saying, he's like, hey, man, don't sweat the small stuff, right? And we certainly, as Americans especially, get all caught up with sweating the small stuff. And that, that, what I mean by sweating is we, we tend to get a bit nervous and worried about things that doesn't deserve us getting worried and anxious over, right? Am I alone in this? Am I the only one, you know, who does this? I, I do this all the time. But Jesus is saying, hey, don't sweat the small stuff. And you know what I love here about this uh, five or six verses we just read, maybe it's more, I don't know, but um, is Jesus doesn't say, hey, don't worry about these things because you don't need them after all. You know, he's not like, you guys are sojourners, you're just passing through. I mean, you don't need things, you don't need to get worried about things like food and what you're gonna wear, you know, and what you're gonna drink. No, he says that the Father knows that we have need of these things. I love that. I love that. You know, we can tend to get caught up in the fact that maybe, maybe God is saying we don't, need to be, uh, we don't need to be concerned with having these things. And yes, that's what he's saying. But he's also saying that God will provide these things. Amen? And I don't know. That just, that's helpful for a man like me who tends to get 
really ridiculous when it comes to some of these things. So, so I think Jesus does this. He redirects our attention off of what we commonly obsess over onto whom we should be obsessed with. Let me say that again. Jesus redirects our attention off of what we commonly obsess over onto whom we should be obsessed with. And of course, we know in this case whom our obsession should be and that is God the Father seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness there I'm yelling already we're not even like five minutes into my sermon I'm sorry and so it's a matter of priorities right this is what Jesus is saying it's a matter of of what should come first and what should be second, it's a matter of, of God being first and us seeking his righteousness and his kingdom first above all things. And then in that, we get the promise that in the sequence of all of that going on in our lives, God will provide those things of which we need. So he takes our attention off of the what and places it on the who. Now, have you ever let something so small and insignificant get you all tangled up and bothered with anxiety? I mean, maybe, maybe I'm the only one here today, but I have a tendency of obsessing over really small things that really uh, don't call or require any of my attention at all when it regards to worrying and, and being anxious about them in the first place. But we all do. We all tend to to magnify and make much out of really small things and getting anxious and worried about them. And, and, and at the end of the day, they don't really acquire any of our attention at all. I remember, uh, you guys know my story, um, in kind of the 13 to 14 years it took for me and my wife to get married. I'm not going to, if you, if you don't know the story, I'm sorry, you're, uh, I don't, but, but it's a true one. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I've said it so many times, I don't want to go back over it. But um, uh, around uh, my mid-twenties, uh, things started getting a bit serious, and I, I really thought at that point, uh, given some of the conversations that we were having in our relationship with my, my now wife, Bethany, um, that, that we were going we to be married fairly soon, maybe within like, you know, a couple months, given some of the conversations that we were having. But once we got you know, into these conversations... Um, Bethany, like she always does, has a real uh, a graceful and loving way of pointing out some very obvious uh, things that I often don't consider at all. And, and, and some of the things amongst the many that she pointed out that day on the conversation was the fact that, that I didn't have furniture in my apartment and that I didn't have silverware and that I actually cooked every meal off in the microwave. And, 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 and she was like, you know, she's just connecting to the dog. She's like, Daryl, if we're to get married, right? Like if, if we're to move and get really serious about this, do you know that you sleep on a blow-up mattress? Okay? Do you know that your couch is like from the 1970s, right? I mean, like, like where are we going to sit? And so I go into my natural kind of obsessions of like trying to say, okay, how can I solve this? It's because I don't have a bed. It's because I don't have a couch, right? This is the reason why we're not married yet. So what do I do? Well, I obsess over it to the point where I go out and I just don't buy any couch, but I buy like a $3,000 couch because I'm thinking in my head, certainly, this is what's going to move, the, move us forward, right? And, and certainly I got that couch and I, I was real impressed. I thought she's going to love this. I mean, this is just my, the foolishness of my thinking, right? 
But I did. It's a real story. I, I went and bought not just any bed, but the most expensive bed that I possibly could purchase. And, and, and silverware. And it just was crazy. And you know what? It didn't do anything to move us closer. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I, I don't even think we used the couch that I bought when we got married. I think it was old by then. It was so many years had passed. <laughs> but isn't that human nature? We have a tendency on focusing on what seems to be urgent while, while neglecting what is important. And, and for me, in that sense, in that, in that story, in that situation, what was important were the issues of my soul that I was neglecting to focus and, and, and kind of pursue healing. And, and what I obsessed over and what I thought was urgent, it was going to move us close to marriage. marriage. It was getting a couch. And, and I was hugely deceived. We do. We have a tendency of focusing on what's urgent and, and we neglect what's important. We're all, we're all guilty of that, um, for lack of better words. And I think that this is kind of what Jesus is painting for us here. We have a tendency to get caught up and obsessed over very small, insignificant things. And Jesus is saying, oh, no, no, just put God first. And, and, and I know in saying that, it's like, oh, duh. Like, I get it, Daryl. I hear that all the time. Like, that's so simple. But sometimes the things that are so simple are the things that we often forget doing. And we don't do. We don't prioritize. So what should we be all about? Well, it's simple in my opinion, right? And it's simple, I think, to Jesus. And in Matthew 6, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. The word seek means to try to find, to seek information, to desire, to demand. I love that. To demand, to obtain so we need to be about seeking God. Uh, to Jesus, uh, pursuing the kingdom and the righteousness of God is far superior than any earthly pursuits or priorities. That's a, that, that's a, that's a loaded statement here in American culture, right? It, to Jesus, he says, these things are uh, supreme. They, are, they, they should be first. But in our culture, we so put other things way before God. And it seems a bit strange, but they are superior than any earthly pursuits, excuse me. And seeking those things should be our highest priority. Now, let's just bring this home briefly. I think the best illustration of where we see this is in actually the Gospel of Luke. And many here this morning are familiar with the story that I'm about ready to share uh, but this is the story of when Jesus goes to uh, Martha and Mary's and Lazarus' house to have a dinner. Um, and, and we commonly here at Hilltop speak uh, about this story. Um, there are so many things to kind of uh, take away and learn from the characters and uh, the things that Jesus says and the things that Martha does and, and the things that Mary does, right? I mean, there's so many things to pull and learn from here uh, just in these uh, four or five verses. Uh, we can actually, if you have your Bibles, turn to chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, and then I'm going to spend the next two hours just wrapping my sermon up. Uh, I, learned, I learned that from a pastor online. I thought it was pretty funny. I think I said that last week too. It just seemed like the right moment. Um, but Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42. Everybody 
following, okay? Nobody's following. Awesome. Here in verse 38, uh, we read this. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus and his disciples, uh, Jesus entered a village, and a woman, Martha, welcomed him into her house. And she and her sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. The Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. I love this in verse 42. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen. If you have like a pen or or some kind of highlighter, just if you could underscore or highlight the word chosen. It's just, it's, it's so important to today's message that we kind of lock in on that word and kind of understand the choices that Martha made compared to the choices right now that Mary has made. Uh, that, that word is so key. But Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken from her. I love that word chosen. You know, when, when we boil things down, when we actually think about, okay, how can I, how can I, uh, reprioritize things in my life where, where, where I make God first, right? How can I do that? Like, do you know that it probably just starts by making some simple choices? Like, we, we tend to over-spiritualize things, right? All things at work are just carried away and things in my family are just going bonkers and this and that. And I get it, but sometimes making God the priority just comes down to a choice. All right, I got a couple of you with me. Why why are we so full? Now, this is where it's going to get hard. This is where you're going to feel like I'm beating you up a little bit, but it's never a bad thing to be beaten up at church, I don't think, in a very loving, godly way. But why are we full of so many excuses? But seriously, like, like some of these things that we hammer Sunday after Sunday, you don't just simply come down to one thing and one thing only. What choices you're making and what choices you're not making. And, and right here we see two sisters who made totally different choices. That day the Messiah was sitting at their table for dinner. That was common practice. I mean, if somebody invites you into your home back in that day, you would prepare and, and, and make food and, and kind of go big and, and just have a great time. And it was common that women, I'm sorry, they would, they would be the ones at the forefront of this, serving people, their guests like this. But yet Jesus never required it. At one point in the story, he never asked for anything. Actually, he was invited in and, and never asked uh, Martha to do what she did. And now Martha wants to kind of impede and, and kind of, you know, get Jesus to sympathize. And Jesus is pretty much saying, hey, hey, Martha, when it comes to this situation, uh, what Mary has done is what is needed and is what you need. Mary has chosen the good portion. And I will not take it away from her. 
Martha is occupied with what she thinks is most important. The preparations while Mary is occupied with who is most important, right? And it's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter six. He's taking our eyes off of the what and placing it on the who. And, and Mary's kind of living this out in real time here in Luke chapter 10. Right? She's right there and she's focused on the man who is most important. Martha is distracted and anxious and troubled while Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening intently. Martha is outraged that her sister isn't helping and wants Jesus to intervene, but Jesus will not take this away from Mary. In Jesus' mind, in his opinion, Mary has chosen the right thing, the right thing, the thing that's necessary. And of course, that is Jesus. Hey, let me just ask this question uh, this morning as we, we, we wind down. What are your eyes on? What, what, what are you focused on? Are you, are you focused on the cares and the weights, the concerns uh, of this world, the pressure to provide, the pressure to get ahead, the pressure to accumulate wealth? You know, where, where, where's your focus? You know, because I'm telling you, if it is, you will always live in the tension, right? Of wanting to make God first, but never being able to make him first. Mary, or sorry, Martha, you are troubled by many things. Man, there are so many in this room, including me, that are troubled, weighted down with many things, many weights that Jesus never has placed upon us. In the scripture, there is nowhere where Jesus or any apostle teaches to get ahead, accumulate wealth and things, all the while neglecting to put him first. Not one. Although the prosperity gospel would like to say differently. Never once. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to ignore the struggle. I understand that it takes a lot to get ahead. It takes a lot of work. And I am not frowning upon the hard work, laborsome work. But man, if we are not prioritizing things rightly in our life and we're putting our work and our career, our education, our wealth, everything above Christ, we will always struggle and ask the question, why is this so hard? Because as we put Christ first, Christ makes the promise. He, he promises us that he will add all the things of which we need. And, and I know sometimes that seems too good to be true. But, but just like we, we talked last week about trusting God and that he has a track record of faithfulness. Man, God has a track record of taking care of his own. He does. Thank you. For that little golf clap, that's awesome. I love it. Do you hear my heart? I mean, I get wrapped up in this stuff as well. Like I constantly have to fight different pressures, different weight, weights that, that I try to like place upon myself that God has never called me to, to carry and has never told me to prioritize. It has never asked me to pursue. The moment I start doing that, and the moment I start getting off track, man, everything gets complicated. 
And I lose the sense of joy, the sense of wonder about yeah, just, just putting God first, above it all. And this is what I believe it looks like to, 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 to seek God, to put God, to, right, to, to obtain, to desire, to go after. That's the meaning of that word seek as we talked about early, earlier. This is what I think it looks like. And it, 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 it is a struggle. We don't necessarily have that, those propensities, those kind of leanings and bends to like go that direction. It just seems more fitting to get lost in you know, uh, 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 the American dream, so to speak. It just, it just makes a lot more sense to just get ahead, accumulate wealth, accumulate things. Get, just get it, get it. Get out there and get it. And, and what we don't understand is when we're just so bent and we're so heading in that direction, God gets placed in the background somewhere. And before you know, we're confused. We, we don't ever really end up getting the things that we sought or we shot out to get in the first place. Anybody ever been there? Like you just were so bent, you give all your energy, all your focus just to achieve that goal, to, 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 to accumulate that wealth. And, and in your efforts, in your toil, your sweat, and you're going hard after it, you didn't achieve it anyways. It, it was kind of like that, that time when me and Bethany were dating and I thought, man, I was convinced that if I just got the couch, right? My priorities were all jacked. And I think God wants to realign some jacked priorities and pursuits in our church, in my heart and in yours. And I would like us to be the kind of people that allow him to do it. Now hear me, just a, a little disclosure. I am not saying, I am not saying to now just quit your job and to, 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 to not work because there are so many other uh, um, you know, there's so many other scriptures that, that, would, that, would, that would kind of come along that, balance it out, right? That it would, it would bring some balance to it. And so I'm not saying that. Like, give yourself, you know, but, but prioritize God. Make him your chief uh, uh, pursuit. Make him your highest priority to pursue and obtain and go after I don't know, I, I think there's a little bit of Martha and Mary in us all, you know? <laughs> Have moments like where we're kind of taking on kind of the posture of Martha and there's other moments where we feel like Mary just at the feet of Jesus listening. And, and uh, it, it's a fight, but can I just say this? I think it's a fight uh, that's worth it. I think it's a fight worth fighting. And, 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 and even if we kind of ride the roller coaster a little bit between kind of two personalities, you know, sometimes Martha, sometimes Mary. Man, I just say keep on persevering and, and, and don't bow your knees to weights that Christ is not placing on you. Don't give in, don't buckle, don't receive, don't, uh, you know, place on your shoulders any weight other than that which Christ has called you to carry, which I don't think he's called you to carry an awful lot. So how, how, do, how do we do this? How, how, how do we, in a culture that does not see the value. It doesn't, it doesn't see the need to prioritize or speak anything about 
you know, pursuing God, pursuing his kingdom, pursuing his righteousness. I mean, we, 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 how, how do we now step out from amongst the culture, step out uh, from amongst some of these things and really uh, uh, lay hold of God and, and, and really make him our, we have to do it, Mary. I think it comes down to a choice. That ultimately, I, I personally, I want to be careful with this. I don't think Jesus is going to make for us. I don't think Jesus is going to kind of, you know, bend our will and kind of convince us or kind of persuade us in any way. I think it has to come from the heart and from the choice of just simply saying this, God, I will make you first. I, I, I will prioritize you and pursue you. I, I'm making that choice. Right now, I feel the pressure. I feel, I feel the pressure of, of putting this thing first, whatever that thing is. We all have things, right? Right now, I feel the weight. Of, uh, oh, man, I want to I wanna go after that, God. And I know if I go after that, man, you're not going to be first. I'm not going to have time for community. I'm not going to have time for church. I'm not going to have enough time to pray, really, because this thing is going to absorb my life. I think it comes right down in that moment. What choice will I make? And I'm not just saying that because of what we see here in Luke chapter 10. I've seen that over and over in my own life. Where ultimately, the issue of making God first solely rests on me to make that choice when I'm given the options. And I don't know, in my experience, I've found that I need God's grace because I have the tendency of not making God first. And I think that there's a lot of people here today and listening online that struggle, same thing. Let us pray. Father, right now, we're, we're looking to you. Lord, I, I've confessed my struggle, and I'm sure there's others here today that, that feel it and are confessing and acknowledging it to you now even. Now even. And God, I, we, we need your help as a church. We, we need your help as your people, Father, we, we need you to come and God upon our hearts, Lord, uh, that, that, that Jesus's beauty would eclipse the appealing beauty, God, the things that, that Jesus's beauty would eclipse those things, Lord, and, and that the, the beauty of Christ would be forever before us. Uh, uh, and Lord, when there's the pressure uh, to give in to lesser things, Uh, God, I I pray, Lord, that you would arrest us with that beauty, that we would be uh, forever given to to making your son first, to making uh, your kingdom and, and your righteousness first, above all things, Lord. I pray, God, that right now, for those struggling here, Lord, and it's been a constant struggle, Lord, my, my struggle with putting you first has been constant. Lord, I pray for a great grace to rest upon those who struggle with this, Lord. Really, uh, in those moments of choice, saying, oh, God, I'm going to seek you, God. I'm not going to seek wealth. I'm going to seek you. I'm not going to seek 
the, the comforts and the luxuries of this American culture, God. I'm not going to seek that at this moment. I'm, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to put God first. God, I pray for grace. I pray for great grace to rest upon. Lord, there are so many outside forces at work. There, there's so many things, even with our own culture, trying to get our, uh, our knees bent to other gods and other idols. There, there's so many forces at work trying to get us to surrender and just yield to the American dream and all these other luxuries that come with it. But God, I ask, Lord, that you put a backbone of steel in us, Lord, that we would not bow our knees to any other than God, Yahweh, the creators of the heaven and the earth. I pray, Lord, as this in the upcoming years becomes even harder to do, God. Father, I pray that you would raise up a remnant of people that would only surrender you above all else. God, I pray this for these people. I pray this for me. Come, God, with a great grace, with a, with a grace, Lord, that is sufficient to live wholeheartedly.